This is Recruitment Agency Ignition with Andy Whitehead. Helping you build your recruitment employment business fast. Fast, fast. Using digital and automation and one-to-many systems, tools, and inbound strategies. Um, the things I want you to really listen with Damien around um, around what he's doing is, is really twofold. One, uh, almost a helicopter view looking down on your business is the strategy side of things. So Damien already had a VA when he when he joined the Inner Circle. You know, he's a favor with these things and was, was cool with it. And I think I mentioned around about February of this year, you, you sent me an email saying you've done, um, I think, was it more candidates or more? You, anyway, did more business in, in one month. He had done the previous three months using just a LinkedIn strategy. Now, the LinkedIn strategy is effectively a set of templates that his VA was copying and pasting and, and tweaking, but it was happen, happening every day systematically. So um, the guy we've asked to leave the inner circle last week was not taking the, the relevant action. So um, it's like Damien saying, Andy, the LinkedIn campaigns um, templates, they don't work. Okay, what have you done? Well, I sent out 15 one day and 25 the next day and nothing the next day. Okay, so you've not really, you haven't created a system here. What Damien's done is, is systematically thought about the outcomes he's got. Remember, there's three people in the group. So he's creating a strategy that's being repeated three times over and potentially a lot more moving forward. So I want you to really get, number one, the grip on the strategy Damien's using and his strategic thoughts. But then secondly, what he's doing day to day to ensure the implementation actually takes place. That's really key, guys, okay? So think about those two things, bigger level, but then secondly, what he's doing day to day to actually get these results. So with that said, um, anything else you think we need to look out for, Damien, from your side? I think that's that's perfect, Andy. Okay, good. The, fir- the first thing that I did, Andy, when I joined your group, th- there's a, a huge amount of information and a huge amount of strategies uh, on there is that I, I tried to get a handle on what is the best way, if we're going to repeat this with three different people in three different niches and then roll it out across the rest of the business, what is the best and quickest way for me to do that and make it easily um, replicatable. So uh, I've got basically the high level, this is my understanding of your high level system or or the way that we should roll this out for it to be the most effective. So point number one, clearly define the, the, the niche. Uh, and when I say clearly define the niche, most people, th- in my experience in recruitment, most people think they're working in a niche, but they're not really working uh, uh, in a niche. So for me, a recruitment niche is a single job discipline. So for example, uh, data analytics is not a niche. That's, that, that's, that's the sector that I work in, but that is not a niche. There are lots of different job roles and job functions within data analytics. But I'm focused specifically on data scientists, um, and that that is a niche. And even that as a niche is far, far too big. It's too widespread. Uh, there's too many different types of data scientists. My narrowing that niche down further. My niche is uh, data scientists in the heavy industry, um, which is basically all the non-finance, non-banking data scientists because all of the other agencies in London are already chasing that and there's about 50 agencies already in the, the finance uh, 
sector in the city doing data science. So we, we spent some time on this clearly defining the, uh, the niches that we were working on. Second thing is you've got to tailor the LinkedIn profile to the niche and, and Andy's got a, a, a process for that. Third, I'm, I'm not going to talk too much about the customer avatar process today because we, we, we've been banging on, on about it a lot, but you have to do the customer avatar process to understand the hot buttons of your, of your niche. One thing that we haven't talked about is the number four, identify and collate the keywords for the, for, for the niche. And to me, that, that's really, really important. If you're going to put your niche correctly and get the maximum number of clients and candidates, you have to understand what the keywords and the technologies for, uh, for that niche actually are. So this is a master uh, list of, of keywords for my particular niche. So these are all the, the potential job titles um, uh, that, that a data scientist could have. Uh, these are all the skills. Uh, these are all the technologies, um, and then there's other terminology and, uh, and, and phrases, and, and these are all the different sectors, and there's associated keywords. So it's, it's really boring. Um, it's, it's not particularly sexy. It's not particularly exciting, but this is how you find really hard to find candidates that other agencies can't find, is by having a comprehensive list uh, uh, of keywords, and I'm sure sure those of you that are on the call who are Boolean search experts will will understand this. But but, but perhaps you know there's a lot of people that maybe uh, you know haven't done this exercise, and this is just uh, how, how did I build this this out? It's just literally as you're doing searches. Um, you, know, you can either take the view, every time you get a job vacancy and a client wants you to, to find candidates, you can either take the view that I'm going to find candidates uh, here, I'm, I'm going to fill this job, or you can take the view that you're building an asset. Uh, and, and this list of keywords, as you expand it and, and add more to it and more to it and more to it, that, that is an asset. Uh, it's an asset that you can get your resourcers and your VAs to use to search for candidates. Uh, and when recruiters come in, uh, they leave after a year or 18 months, you've still got this uh, master uh, list uh, of keywords. Um, does that make sense, Andy? Perfect sense. Perfect sense. So just to recap, I made a few notes as we've gone through here. The first thing Damien said, which you guys all know, um, it's clearly to find your niche. So you know that I bang on to you the very first time we speak about this on your planning session. And, um, you know, Diane, we spent quite a bit of time looking at that. It's really about drilling down into, as, as Damien says, really getting down to what we think is a niche. It's not always a niche. And it's different definitions of a niche, um, you know, whether it be job function, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. For me, um, my first outcome for all of you is, right, you're looking to achieve this financially, so we reverse engineer the steps. So how many are in your marketplace? What's your conversion figures? We reverse engineer the steps. That's the first outcome for you. So your niche can always expand. Um, the second thing that Damien has just um, referenced is the customer avatar process. It's absolutely key. Um, absolutely key. Now, lots of you, uh, I know it's quite dry and it's really um, not sexy, but as soon as you get inside, and I say it over and over again, I am harping on about it, but the problem solution for your client or your candidate, you'll make gold and, and you will. But if you don't get that first bit right, then the rest that follows, um, it's almost like a, an org chart. The top of the org chart is knowing exactly what is the problem solution for your client and your candidate. And the avatar process does that. So that's the, t the two elements that you need 
LinkedIn, you've all got boxed off. You should have boxed off. But then very interestingly, what Damien's reference says is a keyword. So we touched out on that, but not in the, in the same detail that Damien's done here. We talk about Boolean search strings and we've got a session on laser focus on your client and candidate. But as you can see here, Damien, it might be worth sharing your spreadsheet and going through that in just a little bit more detail. Um, you can see the degree of um, um, niching down that Damien's done. So you've got lots of different language there. And there's, for example, in the skills there, there's like, a, is there any actual consistencies? You've got lots of different. So um, it might be worth explaining, Damien, how that spreadsheet actually serves you. So Damien mentioned your VA, for example. So if you're looking for a certain type of candidate and you search on certain keywords, et cetera, but what you've got there is, is drilling down even, even deeper than what we do in um, you know, inside the sessions on side, inside the inner circle. So it might be worth just expanding just if you could on, number one, how you came up with that list, and number two, how you use that list moving forward. Yeah, so, so how you come up with a list. So, so let's say, for example, uh, let's look at a, a typical LinkedIn profile that you might come across in, 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 in my niche. Um, now, just imagine that the client has asked for me to find a data engineer or data scientist who's got the, the skill Python. So I, I run a search on, on LinkedIn for data science uh, uh, or data engineer and Python. So I find this guy and I also notice that he's got a technology that I've never, just imagine I've never heard of this technology called MATLAB. Um, uh, uh, and that's a keyword that I'm not familiar with. I've come across that. I, I haven't found this guy because I've searched for MATLAB. I found this guy because I've searched for Python. But clearly, this type of profile also may have MATLAB on their uh, on their profile. So you literally just copy and paste MATLAB into your master list of uh, uh, of technologies, and and you build it out that way. It's as simple as that. So, so each time I'm not sitting here researching, finding out all of these. I'm literally doing it as I, as I do a search. You know, every day I must look at between 30 and 50 profiles on LinkedIn. Every time I see a technology or a phrase um, that relates to my niche that I've not come across before, I just check it out uh, if I'm not familiar with it, and I just copy and paste it into, to the spreadsheet. So, it's building that. Um, that asset. So why am I calling it an asset? Well, the, the real benefit of this is th there's a number of benefits. So the benefit number one, if you've got a brand new starter, someone who's new, who's helping you find candidates or who's a new consultant and who's new to the niche, they are able to search much more effectively for these types of profiles if the keywords are, are if you've already got those mapped out. Um, so when they come to co compile their Boolean strings, it, it's all there. All the information they need it, it is there. Um, and because what happens in a typical recruitment company, most recruitment companies are, are built on the following model. And the model is we hire a recruitment consultant. Most of them don't work out. They come in, we pay them uh, 30, 40, 50,000 a year. Um, we build up their, they build up their LinkedIn network on, on our time, on my salary, and then they leave after 12 months and they take their LinkedIn connections with them. They're, okay, they may have put a few hundred CVs on the database. They take the IP, which is the, the keywords uh, and all of the understanding of the niche, and it all goes with them. And what we're, what we're trying to do here is build an asset in terms of clients, candidates, and keywords for each niche so that if someone does come in, uh, we can plug them in straight away. We can plug them in. Here's your network. Here's your keywords. This is your niche. This is your world, and it's already developed. Um, and if they leave, fine, they leave. But at least we keep that. Uh, we keep that 
IP. We keep the um, the candidates, the clients, um, and if we replace them, then we can plug the new person comes in, and we just plug them in to uh, a network uh, of four or five thousand contacts, clients, and candidates, and the the keywords and the ability to search and find people quickly. That's that's why we're doing it um, to the, the degree that we're doing it. Cool. So, so what? I'm sure you guys can all see this at a, a big level. We've almost visualized. Um, I'm specking this out as we move through, by the way. But um, if you can imagine this, someone comes in. So Damien's referenced um, a new start, a new consultant. It could be a VA. So 80% of the activities you've got searching for candidates can be systemized. And the more detail that goes into your system, obviously, the bigger the results at the back of it. So this may seem, I'm sure some of the little voices in your heads now going, oh, that's a lot of work. That's, that's an awful lot of work. This is a one-off hit. If you do the one-off hit, of course your marketplace is going to change, but essentially it'd be a one-off hit. And then it goes into a system. So VA comes on board or new member comes on board. They take your your um, your control sheet as such, and that then becomes part of your search, your search process. You shouldn't be doing these searches yourself really moving forward. Um, but getting this in place to start with is key. So we go through in terms of Boolean search strings, keywords, type of candidate. Um, data map and navigate, we're going through, through something similar. What Damien's got here is a real working example going down to a low level. So um, what we're actually doing is we're using those keywords, building out all of the clients and all of the candidates in, in, in a niche. And we get them all onto a Google Sheet and all tagged. So this is my master list of, there's 4,000 uh, data science candidates on this. So you'll see down the left-hand side where my arrow is, you've got all the ones who are involved in asset management. Then we've got all of the ones tagged, whoops, uh, with who are involved in consulting. Um, and there's a whole host of other tags uh, as it goes down, cybersecurity, data scientists, etc., etc. So the first port of call, the first job for the VAs is when when we set them up with a Boolean search and they start finding uh, hundreds and thousands of candidates is that they put them on the Google, a Google Sheet. We run everything off Google Drive because it's in the cloud, it's instantaneous, they can make a change to it, we can make a change to it. There's no saving, no emailing, and it's all in the cloud. So the, the first port of call is they have to get all the clients and all the candidates onto to this spreadsheet because uh, if you if you if all you're doing is getting your VA building up the, the LinkedIn uh, network of your consultant when that, if that consultant does leave then you, you're left with nothing again so and the, the one of the directors at Solar did have the view well aren't we paying to build up their LinkedIn connections to 5,000 and then they could leave us anyway well my view on that is yes but do they ha then have the infrastructure, the VAs, the strategies to actually monetize that when they leave anyway? Because let's face it, if they leave 12 months, they've probably only really engaged with a handful of those people in terms of making placements, getting them on board as clients. So our, our view is even if they're dealing with 50 out of that network of 5,000, let them leave with the, with the 50 and we, we, we've, still got a, we've still got over 4,500 uh, LinkedIn connections that they're not dealing with. So let's just plug the new person into those and uh, and off we go. So yes, you are building the network for them, but you've got it and they've got it, which is, is the best that you can do these days because none of the, all of this information is out there. Any, anyone can get access pretty much to anything if you're, if you're prepared to, to do the work and, and spend a bit of money. Yeah, I agree. I am. Um... I um, fully agree. I think I, I, 
did a podcast not so long about there's no passive candidates anymore because everyone's available to everyone. It's, but it's a strategy to actually get access to them. It's a key thing. Um, so just two things that Damien's done. Number one, make a note of that um, everything's on the cloud. So you, you guys, we've referenced this before. Um, everything shouldn't be on your local drive. should be up on the cloud. But number two is the process the VA is going through. They're actually exporting, in this case, actually creating um, a data set that's offline. So they've got a set of clients, candidates. So every session nowadays, we say, my mindset's now changed for all of you. What I used to have was, um, Andy, I want to do, I don't know, quarter of a million, I want to do half a million, I want to do a million, whatever your figure is. Okay, what do we need to do to make that happen? Now my mindset's changed, for, as you know, for all of you. It's, um, your mindset should be dominate the niche. So if there's 10,000 clients in there, let's get all 10,000 into our database. If there's 50,000 candidates, let's do that. Let's, let's focus on, on, on the bigger picture. And Damien said that himself just then. That's what they're focusing on is actually moving into um, getting all the clients and candidates into this external third-party sheet. So um, none of you, hopefully, are, are using LinkedIn whereby you haven't got – you either haven't exported your contacts or you haven't exported your data. You know, you should be using this um, this process. But what Damien's done is digging it in even deeper. You can see how – Process-driven is in terms of the actual the disciplines into into the sub sub areas. Let me ask you a question, Damien, because I'm sure people are asking this right now. How did you break down your niche into the different disciplines then, and into the different demographics, etc.? How did you come up with that as a as a format? How did you come up with that almost org chart to to separate your niche? Um, to be honest, it was kind of a, a accidental when I got into the the, the niche. Um, well, I, I made a quick decision that I wasn't going to focus on. Uh, the city of London and, and the, the financial uh, sector, uh, the big banks, uh, financial technology, fintech as it's called, I, I made a decision not to go after that just because every other data science recruiter is chasing that in London and um, if they're already in there, what, why would I want to go in there and try and chase what they're chasing? You know, one thing that's served me well in my career is, is I think Walt Disney said it, observe, observe the masses, then do the opposite. And I've always tried to, where possible, to, to, to do that. And I, I just decided that I wasn't going to, because of my background in oil and gas and, and I guess engineering and heavy industry, I, I understood that, um, that, that, that part of it. So I've decided to focus on, on data science and analytics within, within that sector instead. And just to be really clear, the recruitment consultants, i.e. me, I'm not putting any of these, other than the keywords, I, I did put the keywords together, but these candidate lists, I have zero involvement in that in terms of uh, putting these names and, and profiles all on there. Uh, and the VAs do all of that. Do you attach specific skills and keywords for different job titles? Or do you just put loads in a list and not attach them to specific roles? So example here is um, chief data officer. Do they have certain skills attached to them that are different? So that's changed. But I mean, not really. Whether it's a junior data scientist, a mid-level data scientist, data science uh, department manager or, or director of data science or chief data scientist, they will tend to have the... The same same keywords. The, the role is obviously going to the level of the role will change, um, and and the reality is there aren't very many of those high level people. So that is generally a job title search. If I'm working on a chief data scientist role or chief analytics officer role, um, there are so few of those. I mean, I've got them all on a spreadsheet. I've got every single C level data scientist and data analytics person on the planet on a spreadsheet. There's surprisingly few of them, mm. and I'm talking about the 
there's less than a thousand. Yep. Um, so if, if you're looking for those people, it's literally usually a, a job t title search and, and making sure you've got the different variations of the job title. Cool. Damien's got three niches and three guys are going to be using content strategies and they will become marketplace leaders. But as, as Damien said, what do you do? Do you, do you not move forward? If you, as your business grows and you get 10, 12, 14 different desks in there, you need to make a decision. But no, inner circle strategies are not just about um, becoming a celebrity. Next question is, how are you getting the email addresses? Yeah, at the moment, yeah, all, all we're discussing is getting um, all of these all of the contacts in the market, client and candidate, yep. uh, and their LinkedIn profile in, into a spreadsheet. That's all we're talking about at the moment. We, we haven't even got to that stage yet of, of getting their email address. All, all, there, there are various ways that, that, that you cover to, to do that, Andy. Yeah, so we cover that in another trends, Laura, but if you're stuck on that, then do put me an email. Uh, Damien, I'm going to give you the floor again. So moving to the, uh, into the next phase. Cool. Uh, just, just to give you my view on the celebrity recruiter thing, I think worrying about whether or not they're going to leave if you build them up into the celebrity recruiter in their marketplace. The, the, most recruiters, if, if they're earning two or three hundred thousand a year because you've got them to the, the stage where they're billing six, seven hundred thousand a million a year because you've got the system that, that works, I mean, are they really going to leave if they are the celebrity recruiter in their marketplace? Um, especially if you're supplying a VA, all of the infrastructure, the technology, are they easily going to be able to take that away and do it themselves? I mean, if they're, if they're really switched on, that the answer is yes. Um, but I think that, the, and I had this discussion with Johnny Walker last week, that, that, that actually that's what most recruiters want. Um, and if, if you give them that, they're probably less likely to leave. And, and of course, there are two that will always leave. But, but how we're planning to use this, once we get the system perfected, we're actually going to use this in our marketing material for hiring recruitment consultants because one of our biggest challenges right now is hiring good recruitment consultants because the London market is incredibly competitive. There's thousands of agencies all looking for the same people. Yeah. But we're actually going to be telling the marketplace that if you come to us, we're going to build you um, 5,000 LinkedIn connections within uh, within six months, we're going to uh, produce blog articles for you. You'll have your own blog page or blog uh, or, or microsite if we decide to go down that route for your niche. You will be the celebrity recruiter in your niche and, and you won't have to cold call uh, and it'll all be inbound. So if you put that together as a package, um, we think it's powerful in terms of being able to, to hire people. I think that's incredibly powerful, um, hugely, hugely powerful. Think about that. And um, you've not um, – just to give everyone some context here, Damien, when, he, um, when Damien joined – in front of Damien, I went, I went through your notes last week. And um, remember our first conversation? I, uh, I put against your name red flag because I thought, this guy's so argumentative. Um, but he was just pushing me back, which is cool. And he's, do you do diligence? But one of the things that Damien was um, really good at was doing things in a real process-driven way. So. Um, it must have taken you a good few months to get through the avatar process and you know, actually get things up and running. Um, so where we are now with Damon now, we've literally um, only got the VA process in place. We've got the LinkedIn campaigns in place, just starting the content side of things. Done no Maven webinars, done no podcasts, done no, no video site, none of that. So we're really at the beginning of the process um, in that way. So to put in context when Damon's sharing you know, what's happening now, the vision he's just shared there with you about the the the, um, the celebrity um, celebrity recruiter. You can see that um, this is a business decision now. 
This is actually a whole business decision about bringing recruiters on board, but he's done it in a very processed way. So um, I don't know if you want to spend just maybe 30 seconds explaining you know, how thorough you went at the beginning, because I know lots of people, they inside the inner circle, you know who you are. You come in, you get excited about these strategies. So-and-so did that, did that, did that, and you maybe skirt over the foundational pieces. And then what happens is um, maybe six months later, well, in fact, I don't know the avatar of my client or I haven't done that properly. So um, just give maybe 60 seconds of a uh, little bit of guidance almost, Damien, on, on you know doing the foundational bits correctly and the impact of what later on, you know, what the impact that may or may not have. Which foundational bits are you referring well, to and the well, customer well, avatar process? Yeah, well, the, yeah, the avatar process, the LinkedIn process, um, getting really clear on the marketplace. Uh, you, know, you guys really did that thoroughly, didn't you? But you, you personally did. Um, and I remember, frustration is the wrong word, but pushing back and saying, Damien, come on, we need to get moving. And you're like, it's cool, it's cool. Um, we're just getting things up and running. I just want to be really, really clear. And as Damien went through the avatar process, we covered that before in detail, but it's really key that you get this on point. Because if you look at Damien's screen now, that detail wouldn't have been able to come about if he didn't do the avatar process properly or didn't get a real good grip on his marketplace. Um, maybe just give 30 seconds around the importance of that for those who've not been through that training. Yeah, the, the, the customer avatar, I bang on about it, but it is the foundation. And I was trying to think during the week how I could sum it up in one sentence. And I came across something which I think does sum it up. And it's this great marketing occurs whenever the marketer, i.e. us, whenever we enter a conversation that the customer is already having in their own mind, that's the definition of great marketing. So you're able to, in your messages that you're sending out on your LinkedIn profile, you're hitting on a conversation that's already happening in their head. So, so your blog articles are is about stuff that they're already thinking about, that they're worried about, that they talk to their colleagues about. If you can get to that stage, then that, that's, that's where the power is. But you're only going to be able to enter that conversation they're having in their mind if you've, if you've talked to them in detail, if you've done the, 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 the avatar process, interviewed them, asked them the questions about what it is, that, what, what their challenges are. So I think that really sums it up neatly. Cool. Thank you for that. And that pretty much does. So it's, um, we call it pillow talk. It's what they think about when, before they go and sleep. Um, the other parts then of the of the system, I'm just going to quickly run through these. So we build a network, which we talked about initially into the spreadsheet, and then we, we connect with those contacts in the spreadsheet uh, on LinkedIn. The reason we're connecting with them on LinkedIn is, is of course, so that when we pump the, the content out, the blog articles, uh, and distribute the content later, it, it, LinkedIn is, is, of course, the easiest way to do it. Um, Producing the agency authority website, we haven't finished that yet, and we're, we're, we're doing two things there. We're going to run with the solar corporate website with specific pages for Casey and John's niche on there, uh, and I'm going to set up a separate microsite, uh, a data science website, which will be focused only on, on data science, so we'll only have data science content on there, uh, and we're going to run that as an experiment to see are the results very different in running those two strategies. Um, and we've just started the, content, the distributing the blogs. So, so we've had Nate an article produce 10 blog articles each. We're just putting the finishing uh, touches to the hiring system, uh, which Johnny Walker uh, talked about uh, very eloquently a number of weeks ago. Uh, and we're now uh, 
about to in the next month start the Maven webinars, live events and uh, podcasts. So I'm going to be running a podcast, uh, John is going to be doing Maven webinars and Casey's going to be running some live uh, DevOps events, some, uh, that's his niche uh, in London because we've got a really uh, really great office space that's um, perfect to be, to be hosting live events. Um, and again, we're going to run it as an experiment. Let's let's see if if one strategy works better than the other. My feeling is that the strategies that you should follow, I think the per, your personality and the type of person that you are, will have a big impact on whether how successful you are with any given. Uh, and what I mean by that is that the reason I've decided to settle on the podcast uh, is because it just kind of suits suits my uh, character. It's it's it's. I think if you do a podcast, you, you've got to do it religiously. You can't miss a few weeks. It's got to go out rigidly every week or every two weeks, whatever the period is. And I know that that suits my. I'm a. I'm an introverted character. I'm not an extrovert. I don't like being centre stage. Um, I'm quite happy running a podcast where I'm shining the light on someone else, on on the technical expert, and it just suits my personality. So, so I think it will work well. Um, Casey is, a, is is an extrovert, alpha male. I uh, love you to bits, Casey. Um, <laughs> but he knows what I mean. Um, and, you know, the live events, being the host, being the MC, uh, being the center of attention, that just suits his personality type perfectly, and I think he'll do incredibly well with that. So that's kind of why we've decided to do that. And then the final thing you've noticed on there is we've, and this, Andy will probably disagree with me here, and uh, it is we'll do the, the double R, double R campaigns last. Just to explain why that's in there at number 10, uh, and it's not uh, any earlier, although I think we are going to start running some in the next few weeks. I think we've we've decided is because we have we have a history at Solar of doing email marketing and doing it really badly. And before Casey and 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 John joined us, on two separate occasions we ran uh, email marketing campaigns, and uh, the Solar Group email domain got blocked, um, uh, blacklisted, and we literally for there was one week for five days, a full work week, we couldn't send any emails outside the company. No emails we could get through. We were having to send CVs uh, and email candidates and clients from our Hotmail accounts. And as you can imagine, with a company our size, that when that happened, that did not go down very well with, with the owners of the company. And it happened twice. So for me to get that signed off, double R, double R, which is essentially cold calling via email, um, that, that, that's, that's that's a tough ask, and I know that your strategies are different, Andy. I know you're doing it in a very, very different way, but I have to choose carefully what I ask them to invest in, um, and they've got a built-in resistance to us doing cold email campaigns, um, but we're, we're going to look at that and hopefully get it up and running in the next few weeks. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, Damien, the podcast side, the Maven side, the live side, how are you going to... Um go about actually getting the, the speakers on board? You're you all going to go through the same process using the Maven strategy to get speakers on board? Because all three of those, I guess, you're going to have a, a senior speaker. Is that is that right? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and again, we'll just use your strategies for that. You, you've got the template set up to send out to potential speakers on Mavens. Um, so, so yeah, we'll just follow your, um, your, your system for that. All right, cool. So that's that question taken care of. Um, got a couple of questions around the, the website. Why are you um, potentially setting up a micro site, which is also, again, you said you're testing. Um, 
which is marketing 101, which is brilliant. Why are you actually moving from the authority site into microsites? What's the thinking behind that, if you could share that with the group? Yeah, okay. So if, if you imagine our company or, or any company, once you go beyond three or four niches, uh, if you have uh, seven, six, seven, eight, ten, or in our case, 20 recruitment consultants, all in different uh, niches uh, eventually, I think it's going to be very difficult to have one website that in a coherent way, in a clear way, um, is able to cater for clients and candidates of all of those different niches. I mean, if you just think about the blog page on a website with that many different niches, it, I think it'll quickly become very messy. So in terms of our marketing message for our niches being really crystal clear for that niche, we are thinking that the way to go is to have micro sites just for that niche. So it, it might be data science recruitment.com, cybersecurity recruitment.com, where the only the only information, the only blog articles, the only Maven webinars, the only podcasts on that site are to do with that niche. So the the the, the eventual aim, if it works, and, and, and we again we haven't tested it, but if 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 it looks like we're converting, getting better results from these micro sites, uh, these individual brands, then then we would roll that out for all of the niches. Uh, and if, if you look at the, the, the most success, one of the most successful recruitment companies in our um, in our space is the S3 Group. So Computer Futures, Progressive, Huxley, people will be, uh, should be familiar with the, the S3 group. Um, the, the, their old CEO, Russell Clements, came in and, and he, he was a guest speaker at our annual sales meeting on Friday. And he was discussing how they set S3 up and with the different brands and the different websites. It's the same company, but they have different brands in different markets doing different things. And the, the, what this is about is making sure that the brand in data science is, it's, it's really clear. This is what we do. This is our world. So, so it's just really, I think most marketing gurus will tell you that you should really be pushing one concept or one um, theme on, on a website. Uh, so, so that's our thinking with that. Cool. Yeah. Rule of one. Absolutely. Rule of one. Um, most of you on the call, just put in context before you think, oh, I need to be doing this. 95% um, of you on the call are not in Damien's position in terms of that um, multiple desks and multiple um, functions and niches. So it's not th something you'll need to actually be applying. Uh, I know that some of you are probably thinking that already, but um, the key thing is that, again, it's, it's been really clear problem solution for one client one set of candidates effectively at that, at that sort of level what Damien's doing which is um we keep going on about this again and again and again but you can see Damien's implementing that now across uh he's thinking now in terms of the actual implementation across the website side of things but most of you pretty much all of you will not need that before you um below that do you have lower level tactics you want to share um, I haven't split it off to that degree, to be honest, no. Um, that's just the, the, the top level, okay. the, the really top level, step by step, how, how I view it. Um, and okay. again, we should make the point that we're trying to rule this out across a whole whole business, so so that that's why we've you know, taken that, this approach. Yeah, and that's, thank you for that, and that's the key thing here. Damien's, uh, say, most of you are, you, you come in as one person or two person or three person, you're looking to become 
you know, get to your first half million, whatever your figure might be. Damien's in a slightly different position, but there's two things I want Damien, I want Damien to cover in, in a second. One is um, the VA side of things. Um, your VA process, your your VA company, the company you use, and um, the process of you managing your VA, I think it'd be of great use for you to share that if it's cool with you. And then secondly, um, what your your plan is for the next 90 days for you personally. So sharing your 90-day plan you know, and your vision. So what you're doing since Content Canon and moving to the podcast. So just give us an overview of what that looks like, if that's cool with you. Yeah, cool. Okay. So, yeah, the, the VAs, and I think quite a lot of you will have VAs, um, but some of you won't. For, for me, this is the most critical thing. If you haven't got a v, VA on board, you just have to do it because I I got a VA on board uh, three years ago now, really out of necessity. I ran a medical recruitment company uh, for seven years. Um, towards the end of that, the last couple of years were a, a serious struggle uh, because the market changed and it became more and more compliance driven. We had to do more and more administration and reference checking and all of the big companies were using, were offshoring this compliance headache, this administration function to India and they had teams of people in India doing all of this, uh, all of this. and they were beating us to filling vacancies constantly because we would get the candidate, we, uh, we, we didn't have a problem there but by the time we got all the references and CRBs health checks, everything in place. It was too late that the bigger company had come in with everything uh, in place and, and beat us to it and, and that's how they were doing it. So, so that was what initially woke me up to the fact that this was this was going to be the future way of doing things in recruitment. Um, I didn't take action on it on it then because I had a previous nightmare with uh, outsourcing that, that, that cost us a lot of money. When I joined, joined Solar the same frustration reared its ugly head again. I was doing contract recruitment in oil and gas. I was between 8 and 12 contractors. I would get up to 12, 13, then I'd drop back down to 7 or 8. And what I found was I would grow to a certain level and then I'd be drowning in administration um, because I was placing people in, in far-flung places like Angola, um, uh, all over West Africa, the, the Middle East and the compliance and insurance requirements were extreme. So I just made the decision that I was going to, uh, I was actually going to get a VA. When I, when I first got the VA, I, I, I couldn't even think how I was going to fill that person's week because I was thinking, do I, do I go for this because I've literally only got enough tasks for 15 to keep them busy for 15 to 20 hours a week uh, and the company that I, w I was using uh, only did full-time VAs at, at the time but I, I took a fly on it. I decided to do it because I thought well if I can even reclaim 10 hours of my week back to, to focus on new business that, 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 that VA is going to pay for itself and, and in the early days my, my use of VAs I would split into three phases. Phase one was the learning phase, the early days and literally all my VA was doing was administration, visa applications, chasing references, passports, uh, all of that really low level administration stuff. Um, but that freed me up. It did give me back a day and a half extra a week which, which was invaluable and made a difference. Um, and the, the company that I used, they were recommended to me. Just so you know, I think you should be on um, some form of referral fee because um, after you referred it to one of our members, someone used it and someone else said, um, I heard about David on a call. So I think they've probably now got, um, I'm not sure how many in the group are using it, but I think it's a fair few using Virtual Clone. Um, 
So uh, I'm being serious. I'm being serious about this. Um, and not just you getting a referral fee, but I think the way it's evolved after the comment you made in the session, it must have been um, the avatar session or around that sort of time. Um, a fair few people um, approached them, etc. But I've now know on the last week I've had three, four, five people saying, "Oh, um, Dion's using them. So and so's using them." And uh, okay, I mean, that's five, six people have told me are using virtual clones. So. Um, I'm thinking about you know the systematic side of things. You know the templates we use. I know they're using LinkedIn templates, etc. But um, lots of the group it seems to be um, have taken your um, your referral and and used them. We've added now to the FAQ section inside the inner circle. You know based on your recommendation. So it might be something for you to dig a bit deeper on with your your side also. Cool. Yeah, I'll check it out. I mean, I'm not I'm not too concerned to be honest because uh, the the guy. Liverpool, I really, really like him. I've known him for, for several years now, and uh, I just want him to do well. So, um, but but a, a little story. If, if you're still on the fence, and I know some of you will be on the fence, uh, you know, can this really work? Uh, outsourcing it to India. Their major client is a company called Workpack. They're one of the largest recruitment companies in uh, Australia. I think they've got 6,000 contractors. Um, huge, huge company, uh, multi, multi-million pound. Uh, you know, we're talking probably four or five hundred million pound company here. Um, now they they started off with three VAs with Virtual Clone. They've now got 27 VAs, uh, and the, the CEO of this company, uh, and this is a huge company, uh, f flew over to India for a week to spend time uh, in the office uh, w with Vipul and his team leaders to. To really make sure that they were maximising their, you know, their investment and what they're doing. So, if a company that size thinks this is worthwhile, then you know, I can assure you that this is really the key. The key to getting things done and and being effective is this. Because even if even if it's even if you're a one-man band sitting there now, you're there's only. 50 hours or 60 hours, whatever your work week is, there's a maximum amount that you can do. Let's just call it 50 hours a week. If you have a VA that you're using effectively, your your sales system is now operating for 90 hours a week because they're going to do for 40 hours a week. So, so it's it's really key to get that distinction uh, of why this is important. Um, because you know I'm sure there are people probably in the group that still haven't taken the plunge on this because they think it's not that important. It's 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 really crucial. It, it's huge. It's huge, huge, huge. Um, the the training, by the way, guys, you need is frustration of freedom. It's um it's an awful lot in there. There's four weeks of it, so there's probably I don't know ten, twelve, fourteen hours of it. But it will literally change your business. Um, we did a hot seat with Matt about a year ago. He went from working eight hours a week to forty hours a week, and he actually doubled his revenue in one quarter by using just frustration of freedom, and that's by using one remote team member and managing them properly. Um, can't stress this enough. So Damien's demonstrating that day. I didn't. I wasn't aware of work packing that way, Damien. Um, I've just been down to the Philippines, and um, I'm going to be going every 90 days now for my 90-day sprint. And part of it is a bit of a jolly. Um, you know, it's lovely down there. But also, once you've got a night, you're there with your team in front of you. It's um, if you can imagine running your business, and you've got consultants in your office, and then also starting from scratch, but they live 5,000 miles away. Um, it's a completely different animal, and you'll get so much done in that time with them. So um, we're calling it Tribal Council. So we've, we're creating strategies around this about actually flying out to your team, and um, as the guy from Workpack did, and we're going to be sharing with you know these with you in the next three to six months. But you, I, 
Damien's made the point, I think, really, really gracefully there that you, you should be doing this, guys. But it's, it's a bullet between the eyes. You, you absolutely must have VAs doing this. And for those of you who have VAs and you, they've, um, oh, Andy, they've gone missing or they've, um, this has happened, this has happened, 99.9% of the time, that's down to you, not down to them. Um, and that's the crux of it. And don't, Damien, I think you're about to say something then, if you want to share. Yeah, and look, you are going to have VAs just like you have problems with recruiters who are sat next to you in your office. That some of them work out, some some of them don't. The first VA that I hired with Virtual Clone didn't work. Um, we had to get rid of him after a couple of months because he 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 was useless. Um, so you know that that is going to happen. The reason I like these guys and the reason that I like India, because I have, I have tried the Philippines as well before, and I guess it's all dependent on your experience. It works really well for Andy. What I like about these guys is they will work to, to, to my time zone. So my VA starts at, uh, starts at 8 and he finishes at 5 or 4.30 or whatever time it is. So, so it's working my hours. So I can really, if I need something doing like instantly, I can just send it to him and it's done. Uh, I, I, I place a lot of value on that. The other thing is these guys are recruitment specialists. Nearly all of their clients are recruitments, so they get the whole recruitment thing, and and it really cuts down the amount of teaching you have to do to the VA if if the company that you're using already understand recruitment, they already know bullying searching, they know how LinkedIn works. I mean, but that, that's just huge time saving rather than you finding an individual on um, uh, on Upwork or some of these other sites. And the other good thing is they have a manager there. They have a team leader there who, who's managing them, helping them, training them, assisting them. So that, again, that's worth its weight. It's, it's more expensive than, than, than recruiting someone directly, um, but you know, it's uh, it, it's worth paying the extra two or three hundred dollars a month to get get a managed VA. It's ROI. It's all about ROI. Um, um, Damien's hit it on the head there. Two things Damien's done. Um, we'll reference there for you really, really clean. Number one, this company are um, recruitment specialists. And number two, they can work to your hours, um, which is which is really, really cool. Um, I can't stress this enough, guys. You, you just need to get on board with this. And if you, you, you probably will have a few problems, but Brant put in the chat box earlier. Um, he's speaking to his VA once a week, and he's only been, been with his VA now, I think, about a month or so. Um, but he's using SOPs. Everything's documented. And that's the key thing. If you go in and expect a VA to come in and say, right, this is a quick mail. This is my business. Then to pick – they're not going to know this. These are guys who – of course they're not. It's up to you. You need to, you need to treat these people like um, – they're working in your business next to you in the office, and that's how you, you should be. Uh, and the second thing is, again, I think when you get that face-to-face -face, um, happening, uh, magic does happen. Uh, you know, I've, I've seen it in, in my own business you know, in terms of uh, productivity and, and results. Is things change hugely when you do that have do have that um, that regular contact. So we we cover it in frustration and freedom about your daily, weekly, monthly, and quarterly schedule. Um, but I think what Damien's given you there, guys, in, he's probably saved you months and months and months of heartache. Uh, I'm very transparent. I messed up hugely in terms of VAs, hugely over the last 10 years, massively. And, I, and I'm open about that inside um, Frustration of Freedom, all the mess-ups I made. But he's pretty much given you a, um, I won't say turnkey solution, but these are the strategies for using inside the inner circle. Um, these are the strategies that Damien is using. These guys are recruitment specialists move to them, try them out. Um, I, I don't think anyone's got any excuse not to be to be doing this now. So how many meetings do you have a week of your VAs, Damien? Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, here's my, you're going to be surprised by this, Andy, what I'm about to say next, because I'm, I'm very systematic. I love doing systems stuff. I love systemizing businesses. That's, that's because I'm an introvert. That's one of my things that I absolutely love doing. However, my experience over the years of writing out endless procedures for for every task is that that has never worked well for me. You know, putting the procedure together is fine, but getting people to then actually follow it, even VAs, for whatever reason, we've not found that too too easy. So I, I do have a standard operating procedure, which is an overall um, vision. I have a very clear. Um, description of what they're doing uh, and can you see it on the screen now the VA recruitment marketing project performance profile yep yeah okay yep. so there's a, there's a high level vision here which is creating a high performing digital marketing system etc etc um, then there's a strategy top level strategy then there's specific objectives you know identify 10,000 profiles in the following niches record these profiles in a Google Sheet, etc., etc., etc. Then we, we very clearly define success, the so definition of success, and the resources provided by, by SOLA. So that, that's, a, that's the real key uh, document. It's, it's not a job description, as, as uh, Johnny Walker would say. It's a performance profile. This is what great performance looks like and success looks like in, in this role and the things that we expect them to master. So, so we have that. That's that, that's the key thing. Um, and then I manage them via Trello. Yep. It's how I manage my VA uh, uh, day to day. So, just quickly running through this from left to right, I have the daily repetitive tasks that they do every every day. So they arrange and manage my diary. So they set up conference calls, go to meetings, Skype calls in my diary for me. They reply to LinkedIn messages accept LinkedIn invitations and they currently my VA is, is is mainly focused on building out the, the, the network and my niche and sending out 60 invites per day so those are the things they have to do every day uh, and then if there's additional stuff that I need them to do to create a placement form or uh, fill in whatever then I'll put it on there I'll add it uh, on, the, on the day then I have specific projects that they're working on uh, my VA because he's been with me for three years I also get him to, as well as building my network, as job vacancies come come in, he helps me source candidates. So he, he puts together candidate lists of one to two hundred people on a spreadsheet, um, and and then I will go through those and select the ones that we're going to contact, and and then he contacts them for me. So these are the ones that he has to do, and these are the two that he's working on now, and and of course the ones over here that are that are done. And if you've not used Trello, these are really easy to move around. If you want to change the order of what's important, hopefully people can see me do that on the screen. Um, you know, okay. So if I want him to focus on data science, healthcare, I can move that in there. That's what he should be working on now. That's the priority. Cool, cool. So you can see what Damien's got there, and there's um. Slightly different from what we're doing in Frustration and Freedom. And um, I was almost about to say to you, I'm going to edit out the last five minutes, Damien, from what you're saying. When you said, um, we do things differently. And I thought what you're going to say is you don't you do not do any form of management. We just let things go. You know, you don't do systems. But in fact, you do do an SOP. But you, what you've got there in your document in terms of the vision and the activities, um, it's enough for your VA to take action, isn't it? It's enough for your VA to know what they need to achieve. Is that correct? For sure, yeah. yeah. Um, and... 
the, the, I'm not saying there's, that we don't do um, the procedures. I'm, I'm not saying that. But if you, if you apply the 80-20 um, rule, uh, you could spend a lot of and doing procedures for everything. Percent of the results come from 20% of the activities, uh, yep. and that applies to what your VAs are doing as well. A, a, a standard procedure uh, for finding candidates on on LinkedIn. There, there's a step-by-step -step process, uh, uh, and and it's go. You know, we'll provide the Boolean search. Um, we always provide the Boolean search. The recruiter has to provide the Boolean search as part. That, that that's the, the first thing on the procedure. You know, the second thing on the procedure is that they go away and they produce a small list of five candidates. Uh, the third thing is we then provide feedback if they're on the right lines. Uh, and then the fourth thing is they then go in and, and populate the rest of the spreadsheet with the rest of the candidates based on the feedback. So, so, so there is a step-by-step -step for that. I'm just saying we haven't procedurized every single thing, um, but just the really key things, the, the, the really, really important things that they're doing, which is at the moment their entire world is, is building the network and finding candidates. Cool. So put some context around what Damien's doing now as VAs. Is, uh, I think the first thing, the company you're using, they know what you're doing, don't they? They know what you're doing in terms of your, your processes. That's the first thing. The second thing, Damien knows what the rules of um, success are. So this is success criteria. So it's not a case of letting your VA get on with things. So I think it's Dan we mentioned a few weeks ago, you had a problem with your VA. It's probably down to the management of the, the, the VA and being completely blunt about these things. So make sure when you do take on board a new VA that you get that, um, you get that balance right. Um, my view is um, I want everything completely documented. Um, um, but that's because I've got an engineering background. Originally, when I was a kid, went to um, system testing. And I want everything documented. So, But that is also can be a, a pain in the bum. And I know recruiters, most recruiters, haven't got that mindset. Um, that's why we say um, use some like, sweet process and, and just get some sort of middle ground in place. The key thing is this, though. Um, they mean use the word success criteria. If you get in success, then cool. So make sure you know what those are. We do cover it in Frustration of Freedom. What would you say would be success criteria for, um, say you've taken on board a new VA you know, right now. So you work for, you, you've got your own company. Um, you can take a VA on board for the first first time ever. What would you say could be a set of success criteria for them to um, to follow, that their barometer for success working with you? Yeah, I mean, we bring everything back to our outcome. Uh, and so, so if you look at the definition of success not that I've got on the screen now, so number one, solely is making regular placements from inbound candidate and client leads. So, so, so that's the first thing. That, that's how we're measuring it. And uh, in terms of managing them, we have a weekly call every Tuesday morning at 9.30. It's in the diary, same time every week. And, and we go through and we share this, the successes. Um, we share what's working, what's not. Uh, and we set the agenda w w with all of the VAs for the week. Let me just find, see if I can find that. So, so is, this is very simple, very, very simple. So this is our agenda for a weekly VA meeting. We have a summary of the previous week, so the stats and the KPIs, six inbound successes, any LinkedIn is, uh, issues, uh, that's on there because we have constant problems with LinkedIn. Uh, so. Uh, just to put this in perspective, uh, we spend £40,000 a year with, with LinkedIn. I think we've got seven recruiter licenses or, or eight of the really expensive LinkedIn recruiter licenses. 
So even though we're spending that amount of money with LinkedIn, um, two weeks ago they banned John Norris from from using his LinkedIn recruiter account. So we're paying six grand a year, or whatever it is, five grand a year for that account, and they banned him from using it. Um, and I've been very careful about my LinkedIn usage and making sure that the VAs are not breaking rules, or, or at least it's not obvious that they're breaking rules. Um, and I even got a message from them saying that you've now you've you've reached the point where um, when you send out a LinkedIn invitation, you have to put the email address in now because too many people have said that they don't know me. What when I've sent them a LinkedIn invite? So you know you're going to get these problems with with LinkedIn. I'm afraid. Um, so, so that, that comes up every week. Sourcebreaker is a tool that we use internally for a searching and Boolean a generation. I'm not, we're not going to, I don't think, cover that today. That's for another session. Then I get feedback from Casey and John about how they're doing with their individual VAs, then feedback from the guys in India, and then we set the agenda for the week ahead. So in terms of what we discussed, the metrics on that call, um, so this is the spreadsheet that we use to track the metrics of what they're doing on a weekly basis. So we have candidates added, invites sent, invites accepted, clients added on LinkedIn, uh, and so on. Voyager is our database. So this is how many records they added to our database and the totals. And then we have the totals for the week, total candidates, um, total clients, uh, uh, etc. And the acceptance ratio on of uh, LinkedIn invitations, we're monitoring that as well to make sure that, that that's that, that's at a decent level. Um, so that's what that's what that's what we discuss every week on the call. The other thing that we're tracking is uh, this is the total since they started. So total number of candidates that they've added to the Google the, the Google spreadsheet, total number of clients. Total number of LinkedIn invites sent out is 1,520, uh, 628 accepted, uh, etc. And, and the, these are the total numbers. And again, the conversion ratio. Um, and the fact that only 41% of LinkedIn invites get accepted—that's the other reason why you can't just make your strategy about LinkedIn. Why you have to have these contacts that your VAs are finding—they have to go onto the spreadsheet because more than half of the, the people that we've contacted on LinkedIn haven't responded. So the eventual plan is uh, that those ones that we don't connect with on LinkedIn, we'll get their email addresses and contact them via email. Awesome. Damien, loving the, um, this is exactly what I was hoping you were going to share. Um, just the um, degree of organization you got there, which is, uh, I'm sure, inspirational for everyone else watching this. And that's the sort of detail you want. So we Says every time metrics drive drive your success, and you can see there it's uh, it's in black and white. Well, black and white and a little bit of orange, <laughs> but that's what you want, guys. The rest. There's just one other thing, Andy, in, in, yep. in terms of um, uh, managing them sort of day by day. So it, it's crucial. You, you know, how often do you speak to them? I speak to my uh, every day. And I'm in constant communication with him because he's doing a lot of stuff that that, that, that most VAs don't. So I, some days I speak to him three or four times a day to check in on various things. But what's really important is at the end of each day you get this update: what have they done for the day? Um, and it's literally, as you can see, it's it's five or six lines: number of candidates added, number of clients added details of any other tasks which they worked. Um, so just really simple things. Um, but our guys are speaking to the VAs every day because the, 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 we find that that works really well. Yeah, I, I fully agree. Um, my um, 
viewed the same as yours, Damien, and uh, this is something that took me a long, 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 long time to get. But when you start communicating daily, so for, for example, my day now starts every morning either at the gym or um, if I'm being lazy, I'm not at the gym. But when I get to the office, I'm then with my, the first thing is with my remote team. And that call, uh, and it can be between half an hour, hour and a half. On a Friday, we've got a weekly um, wash-up meeting. But that call is um, productivity is, is two, three, four times what it was when I was just treating a VA. Looking back in a really, really poor way, um, I was just treating them to ex- expect them to know what to do. Um, I, I, I believe that that daily call can you know, add a huge, huge amount of productivity. And when it's set up correctly, guys, you imagine this. If 80% of your activities can be um, outsourced or automated, and a minute, it might be a little voice in your head, and you know, including yours, Damien, maybe. But um, when that sort of amount of um, activity can be outsourced or automated, the key part of your day is that is that meeting with those who are actually doing the implementing. And for me, that was the biggest um, the biggest change in probably in my in my business in terms of a remote team was identifying that if I can get that hour every day on point, then that's going to be. Um, proliferated four or five times over so that's like 10 20 30 40 hours worth of um implementation but i didn't do that my my view was um this is going backwards now my view was um well it's my business um i've told them what to do they've got the processes we'll speak on friday they should know what to do and on friday we'd have it wouldn't be a, a really cool meeting these are mistakes of reference in frustration of freedom but when you start to view this as if you can get that hour or two down you literally will free up 20 30 40 hours a week if you can get that hour down, make it the uh, a really productive hour. So um, I'm glad you're doing it daily, Damien. Um, the, are the other guys speaking to them daily as well in, in, in the same way that you are? Do they have their own separate little call with them? Uh, they do. I mean, I mean, they're in constant contact on Skype. Uh, what about this? Uh, you know, um, is this correct? Depending on what they're doing. So, so there's a number of things. Maybe I should just tell you what the, what the – what my VA does for me, yep. some of the different things that he does. Yep. Um, so all of the administration, so any internal, what I call internal administration, so adding candidates to our database, um, uh, any internal forms that I have to fill in. So when I make a placement, Solo have got a shockingly inefficient uh, system for whenever we do a placement. We have to complete a placement form. We have to do. We then have to put the same information on the database. It's just stupid. We have to send an email. I, I don't do any of that. I just give the details to my VA once. This is the placement. This is the, the client. This is the candidate. This is the amount. This is the salary. Uh, I have templates set up for all of that, and he and he, he does it. He, he does all of that administration. So any any um, chasing of documents, passports, uh, any any reference checking, any um, uh, filling in of visa applications, all of that stuff, I, I just don't get involved in they will do all of that as well as the what I call the marketing piece you know building the network I will create the search string the boolean string I'll give it to the VA they will then compile um, a, um, a list of suitable candidates with the LinkedIn profile all I've then got to do is click on the LinkedIn profile don't have to go searching rooting around on LinkedIn and then I'll, I will decide whether that candidate is is worth us contacting so you'll see yes, maybe no here. Um, can you see that clearly? The, yep, the very clear. D- yep. E, F. Yep. Yep. So if I think it's a good candidate, I put an, an X in the yes. If I think it's not a good candidate, I put um, no. I, I, I may comment on, 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 on the side here. Um, and what this does is this allows the VA to learn um, whether or not 
as they're going along, are the candidates that they are producing, are, are they suitable or not? Uh, and of course, I've given the VA job description. I've also given them five or six criteria, so they must have X number of years experience. They must be from this region. They must have these things. Uh, I have given them some criteria. And then what happens is, uh, as you go through this, they get better and better, and you get more yeses uh, and uh, more appropriate profiles. Then what happens is, you can see here on, on the right, is they send out the in-mails. I, I never, ever send out an in-mail or an email to candidate ever. I haven't done that for probably a year. My VA, once we have a list of 20 to 30 candidates that we want to approach, either by in-mail or by email, he will go get the email address or send the in-mail. I obviously provide the content of the email, so I craft the email, the sales pitch about the job, and the VA will send it out. So. That's, those are the, the main types of things that, that, that my VA will, will do. Awesome. So we've got the internal admin, we've got the candidate side. and um, How many hours a week do you think that frees you up? Just those activities there, Damien. I mean, it's hard to put a figure on it. As I said, I'm in what I would call phase two of my VA. Um, and phase two is where I'm actually utilizing them for a full 40 hours because uh, when I started using my VA, as I said, I, I didn't have enough things for him to do to cover 40 hours in a week. He was probably only doing 50 to 20 hours. The rest of the time, this sounds really stupid, but because I didn't have anything that I thought I could give to him, I was making up jobs just to keep him busy, go and research this, go and research that, that I, that I never used, just, just to keep him busy because, uh, you know, this was several years ago. I, I, I didn't know how it worked. I was doing this all from, from, from zero in my head. Um, but now he's fully utilized, so I'm getting 40 hours worth of value because I will go from zero to 5,000 LinkedIn connections in my new niche within, uh, uh, you know, four or five months, maybe, maybe less. Yeah. So just, just to recap, then, guys, was yeah. one of zero to four, five thousand contacts in how many months, Damien? It's it's hard to say, but you're looking at four to five months that that, that will be done yeah, on cool. LinkedIn. They'll yeah. be on the spreadsheet within a month. Okay, yeah. we'll have all of these details within one to two months. That, but in terms of built up on LinkedIn, yeah, you're looking at four or five months. To put that in perspective, when I didn't have a VA in my first two years in oil and gas without a VA, I had uh, 800 connections in two years doing it myself. Awesome. Awesome. Um, you sent me an email, didn't you, saying, um, I think it's earlier this year, that, and it's not to big up the, the inner circle processes, but it's just to demonstrate to people. Because a few people said, I'll share the questions in a minute with you, but um, you thought your VA was working at 30 40%, didn't you, until you watched Frustration and Freedoms. That's the sort of figure you said, wasn't it? Exactly that. You know, I really wasn't utilizing him fully at all. Okay. So... Guys, I say this again and again, but it's not one of the sexiest trainings we got. But frustration and freedom will transform your business, but it's not sexy, and there's a lot of hard work. There's a lot in there, but you're you're going to probably well the hot seat we did about a year ago, Matt. He, in just in, in um, three months, doubled his revenue, but works half the hours as one man business um, just by going through those those four trainings. So frustra frustration and freedom is the training, and you, you must go through that and. Uh, but to be honest, it's not sexy, but it is really cool. It's really cool stuff. Um, Over the last two years, just by having a VA and systematically building LinkedIn using a VA, 
at least 40 to 50 placements I've made just doing that because the when it really took off for me was whenever I was getting roles in in oil and gas and I was struggling to fill them. I was struggling to to find candidates. I then got my VA, not just doing admin, but building out the uh, a, a complete global network of the type of drilling engineer that I was recruiting. It was three and a half thousand in the network. He built out that network, and once I had that. Um, and was contacting them. We didn't have any issues, and I, and I tripled tripled my numbers in, in that following six months. Awesome. So, uh, no, we're not using the recruiter license to build a network. Um, we're we're using recruiter really um, for the large number of emails that we're sending out. Number one, that's what I'm using them for. I, I know the other guys are using them. For um, there are some pretty cool search things you can do on on LinkedIn Recruiter. Don't ask me what they are because, I, as I said, I I don't use it. Um, but they the, the the other guys are using some of the better functionality on LinkedIn Recruiter. And there are there are look there are some really good points about LinkedIn Recruiter. But you don't you definitely don't need to have LinkedIn Recruiter. Um, if you do think that you need the full network of LinkedIn open to you, there's a there's a there's a product called Sourcebreaker which you can run searches on that will um, enable you to search the whole of LinkedIn regardless of whether you're connected to them or not uh, and it's, it's way cheaper than, than, than LinkedIn and in my view it's, uh, it, it, it's, 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 it's the best piece of recruitment technology I've seen in years so I would get that instead. Um, but really you've got, you got two things you need to focus on guys. One is you need your database, your marketing database and the other side is you need your um, I guess in a way looking at it as an ATS, the way you can actually uh, manage your candidates. But um, don't complicate this, guys. Don't, don't, don't complicate it into this big, big beast. You don't need to. But um, what we're seeing at the moment is you, you've got two outcomes, haven't you? One is to get the leads, get the candidates. The second is to actually manage your data. Those are the two outcomes. And at the moment, there isn't a system that does all that together. That's why we're using um, QuickMail and say, just letting you into what we're about to release to you guys. Once you get the results back, close the eye on a few other systems. Um, looking really, really cool. But at the moment, um, just stick to the, the marketing systems we're sharing with you. In terms of the ATS side of things, uh, let's do this. Let's um, take us through what's happening next then. So you mentioned the podcast and the Maven side of things and also the live events. Take us through the, uh, the next 90 days in, inside Solo with the three of you. Okay, cool. So we've just in the last two to three weeks started uh, distributing blog uh, content on, on LinkedIn. Very low key, posting uh, uh, a low number of times per day as you recommended. So, so, so the next stage there is to get that automated, so that we've got uh, all of the uh, the all of the articles going out via buffer um, uh, at a really volume level. So, so that will be the next thing. Um, then we. Uh, we're planning. I, I want to get the podcast launched. I've got a name for it. I've got two or three guests lined up who are, who are, who are really cool. Um, so it's it's really that to get those those three things up and running, and also the hiring system. Uh, we're just putting the finishing touches to that. Is to get that into a presentable form that we can present to to clients mainly, um, and we probably. Would like to get the the double R double R moving uh, as well. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so, so the, those those are the main things. In terms of the VA, 
probably uh, one other thing to mention there. My what I want to get to, the stage I want to get to in in the next six months with the VA is that the VA is answering you know 80% of my emails. So what I'm doing currently at the moment is I'm creating templates for all of the regular emails that I send out. Um, so, so that the VA can can pick that up. I'm, I'm experimenting at a very low volume level with that at the moment, and he's doing quite well answering to some of my, both my internal and external emails. So, I want to get to. I mean, it's going to be a few months to be honest um, to, to get him to that stage. But I want to get to the stage where I really have to deal with very few emails, and my day is just focused on speaking to candidates and clients. Um, and, and and those being booked into my diary and getting him, him to book them into my diary. Um, so, it's, so if I just show you what I've been, I've literally, every time I write an email, I've been copying the email and just pasting it into um, a, a Google Drive document. So this does not take a lot of time, by the way. It just literally, uh, and I'll show you an example. So um, I, I have an email that I send to a candidate, so, I, so I'll get a candidate, I get a lot of candidates who are just out of university contacting me on LinkedIn saying, have you got any jobs? I can't place these these people because they're not experienced enough. The, I need people usually a minimum three, four years experience. So rather than obviously ignoring them or being rude to them or spending three to five minutes on each person replying. Um, I've got a template here which people can read it on the screen. It's it's basically just thanking them for getting in touch. Can't help you now, but you're making a good move to move into this niche. Here's a here's a, the, the best book I've ever read on, on data science and this will show you the career paths. Um, and the reason that I'm doing that is because that person in three or four years time could be a, a really great candidate for me and it's just taking the long view rather than just ignoring them. Yeah. Um, you know that that's something that I can send out to them. But rather than typing out, I mean, I literally get minimum seven or eight of these a week. If I just spent three or four months, four minutes on each one, there's half an hour that's gone from my week. Uh, whereas I can just get my VA to there's the template, just copy that in, send it from my inbox, done. Um, so and I've got templates for pretty much uh, uh, any any email that I send. Now I'm asking myself the question. Am I likely to send this email again in the next couple of months? You know, am I going to send this more than two or three times this year? If the answer is yes, I just copy that email into a document that he's got access to, my VA's got access to on Google Drive, and it's there. And I've got loads of these things. I've got interview confirmations. Um, uh, let me see. This is an this is an internal. Um, uh, client confirmation email. Uh, sorry, no, this is not internal. This is so. If I place the candidate, you have to send a, a confirmation email to the client to the candidate. It's the same email, you, uh, and rather than typing it out each time, I've just got a template there set up that I can just copy and paste, or my VA can copy and paste and send from my inbox. So. And, and the vision for him is within within six months that he's picking up 80 to 90 percent of my in, uh, email inbox. Because w when I made the comment earlier about uh, I don't believe in systemizing every single part of your business, what, what I meant by that, I should have qualified that, is I really looked, uh, once I watched Frustration to Freedom, I really looked at where was my time being lost. And most of my time that I believe that I could recover was being lost, stuck in my email inbox, replying yeah. to this, replying to that. Yeah. And a lot of it I don't need to be. So 
I'm really, I really want to focus on if 80% of my time is being lost in that one activity, and it is, that, that's what I want to really focus on systemizing and having a procedure and, and all the templates in place. Awesome. So, guys, what Damien's done there, we, we call it the friction focuser. So it's identifying the, the key points of friction in your business. So, um, you know, I mentioned in the training, you know, the first thing I want to do is get off email. Um, myself, which is where Damien's at now. So the points of friction in your business you want to remove first, that's what Damien's doing. He's got the templates to back up, which is, um, we can see it on the screen now, which is outstanding. So, so you're releasing yourself from the email hell then. What, what else has um, the next 90 days got lined up for you? Yeah, so, so for me, it's, it's all about getting the podcast up and running and getting some, uh, you know, inbound um, vacancies coming in, in, in from that. The guys are going to be more client-focused. I'm quite fortunate. I've had a, a, a pretty good start in my niche, you know, partly because the, the I've had the VA working for me during all of this period of time. I'm much further on in terms of building my LinkedIn network. I've got pretty much more vacancies than, than, than I can handle at the moment. So, so I'm really focused in terms of recruitment. My focus is getting candidates out the door. Um, I'm not doing me. I'm not doing any proactive stuff to get clients at the moment because I, that, that, that's not what I need. Um, so, so I'm, I'm really just doing the long-term stuff. Keep the network building. Um, get the, the podcast up and running so that because there will come a point in the next probably four to six weeks time when I am going to need more clients again because the, the currently what I'm working on is going to be filled and that piece of work will, will dry up. So it's really making sure when that point does come that the, 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 the podcast and content canon are, are up and running and producing. Good. David, any final points for everyone else in the group? You know, specifically around, um, I think the key learning that everyone's got today that you've really um, articulated really, really clearly is um, get on board with the VA. Get Just just do it. Um, any final comments with, with, with that in terms of getting across the line mindset from, you know, I'm a recruiter. I'm not, I'm not, um, I, I don't do these things. Yeah, I think, you know, the, the, if you take nothing else away from the inner circle, uh, just getting a, a VA on board and getting them doing, first of all, taking the crap off your plate, the low value stuff, filling in forms, um, building the, the, the network, all of that stuff which is really boring and monotonous. If they just take that off you and, and let's just say you didn't do any content strategies, you didn't do any cool marketing, if you just had a, a VA taking all the crap off and sending out messages to clients, whether it's double R, double R, whether it's via LinkedIn, whatever, if you just have someone doing that 40 hours a week, and just doing it real old school, all out, outbound, either calls or emails, and you've got more time to spend doing that. If you only did that, I'm confident you, it will have a huge impact on on what you're doing. It really is important, and you know, if you're doing stuff like expenses or in, if you're if you most of you guys are one or two or three man band, I've been there in that situation. My recruitment company that started with three of us. That they, we only ever got to nine people. We never got beyond nine. We never got to double figures. Um, and the reason was because we, we tried to do everything ourselves. So, so I've been there and done everything to um, setting up uh, websites, sending out invoices, doing factoring, all that really 
administrative based stuff you just should not be doing it you know you should not have an uh, you should not have your one day a week where you do admin you should not be prepping CVs you should not be formatting CVs adding them to the database it's just bonkers if you're doing that really is crazy you should not be getting involved in that and if you just stop that and get back to speaking to clients and candidates then I'm, I'm really confident that that alone could double your business. Awesome. Awesome. So you, you've got a bullet between the eyes there, guys. Um, just do it. Just do it. Just from the VA side of things, double your business. But that's what we've seen. The hot seat we did a year or so ago with Matt was exactly those um, outcomes. No cool tools, no content calendar, no, no, nothing cool. Just um, getting the VA on board, giving you time. Um, so, Damien, listen, um, thank you so much for taking the time to do this you spend um, well an awful lot of time now doing this. So, guys, and say it again. Uh, Damien and his team are going to be taking, well, looking at getting a, a new system. So, um, so Damien, listen, thank you so much. Um, and, uh, well, yeah, thank you. Not sure what else to say, but thank you so much for sharing that. Um, cool. Thanks, cool. Andy. It's been a pleasure. Damien, absolute legend. Thank you so much. Okay, guys. Cool. So, how cool was that with Damien? So, all of the strategies he's using, also he's, you know, the sheets that he's using, he's going to share. But the big thing here is the VA side of things, the implementation. But you can see the structure that he's got. Discover how to build your recruitment employment agency using one to many automation and inbound strategies before anyone else in your market specialization. Check out recruitmentmarketinginternational.com.